Welcome to the Hunters and Unicorns 2020 Mastery Mission. Essential listening for sales professionals on the quest for mastery. Shorter episodes, huge impact. The 2020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Are you on the mission? Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests for 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom from the legends of tech sales to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host Oli Kune. Welcome to the show, everyone. And we are absolutely delighted to welcome Lauren Ball. Lauren, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show, Lauren. In the way of an introduction, you are currently VP of Commercial Sales at Audit Board. For those that don't know, Audit Board, uh, Tom Schmidt recently took over as the, the head of sales, the CRO at Audit Board, and he's driving an amazing transformation. But what's interesting is, uh, Lauren, you obviously came legacy app dynamics but post acquisition so your post acquisition of cisco so i suppose you're quite late in the adoption of the playbook you're not kind of legacy legacy but obviously you, you, you have come from a great school at app d yes that's correct definitely got a crash course and learned quickly yeah absolutely and it's amazing to see just how your your career is completely transformed and the trajectory that you've been on so we're so grateful to have you on the show and we're really excited to really share your 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 wisdom with us today we have 20 minutes can you please introduce your topic yes absolutely so today what i wanted to talk about is really finding your why and what that means for me is how to navigate career trajectory what do you have to do to get there maybe realizing that the path that you set forth early on doesn't necessarily navigate to the end. So I'm excited to share my personal um, experiences and hopefully it's going to resonate with a lot of our listeners today. Absolutely. I definitely think it will. Obviously, you've been through an experience yourself in going through this, but obviously as a leader, when done well, what are the benefits? And, uh, and yeah, what are the benefits? Of finding my why? I'm finding your why, yeah. Sure. Well, first of all, it stops being work and it starts being fun and fulfilling. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of their time looking so far in the future that they're trying to accomplish that end result and they're forgetting what's right there in front of them. And I firmly believe in long-term goals and setting high marks for myself. But if I'm not understanding why I'm trying to go after something, and realizing what's in my present, um, it's definitely impacted my ability to navigate my future. And I think a lot of people go through that, especially early career folks that I'm mentoring today. And as I'm navigating those conversations with my employees, it happens daily. I joke as a leader, um, not only are you leading from the front, but I, I have a psychology couch, a virtual one in my office. Um, because a lot of it is talking about, you know, what's going on, what's going on at home, what's going on in your personal life, because that has a huge, at least for me, it has a huge impact on my professional life as well. Yeah, amazing. I suppose in terms of your role now, you're obviously now in a position where you are coaching and mentoring others. Are you finding that a lot of people that are coming to you have this why, or is it something that you're really working on this with them? 
And if you are working on it with them, why is this a priority for you to really go after and help them uh, find this? I would say, um, Simon, no, I don't find a lot of them are finding their why. I think they're so determined to get to that. I call it like the bright and shiny object. You know, they just want to go and get it, take it down as quick as possible. Probably the best examples for me are the individuals that I'm mentoring that are trying to navigate the next move in their career. And when we talk about one of the biggest pieces of advice I received was, are you running towards something or are you running away from something? And that actually ties into why. Why are you taking the interview? Why are you having the conversation with the other department? Why do you want to get to know so-and-so? And I think that that is something where they actually have to take a step back and realize the reasoning behind what they're trying to accomplish. So I think for me, as far as why I think it's so important, is it really helps you articulate and own your outcome. There's a lot of things that we cannot control as we navigate our careers. We just can't. But there's a ton more of things that we can control. And that's the part that I try to get people to focus on. Because if you can control what you can control and know that you put your best foot forward and you can lay down and go to sleep at night and not have any regrets, then what do you have to lose? And we have to change that mentality, in my opinion. And it doesn't have I mean, that sounds like it's perfection, right? And it's not. But I want to be proud of the work I did. I want to be proud of the stuff that I'm trying to accomplish, whatever it is. And if I'm proud of that, then I can overcome whatever challenge is thrown ahead of me. Amazing. I think you, 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 you know, in previous discussions, you've, you've spoken about finding my voice. Talk to, talk to us about that. Well, specifically as a female leader, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that or any female, no offense, gentlemen, but um, our voices aren't as bold and don't carry as much as yours do in a room. And I think for me, probably my first leadership role was at Intuit. I spent 10 years of my career at Intuit. So fun. Love that company. Still a stockholder. And I just, I let it get to me about, oh, they can't hear me. Oh, they didn't hear my idea because I wasn't talking. And really a lot of that was in my head. I earned the spot. One of my peers shared with me in the past that you don't get put in a role because you have all the qualities to do it right now. A leader puts you in a role, a good leader puts you in a role because they can see your capabilities and what you can grow into that role. We want to stretch you. We want to challenge you. And I didn't know that then I didn't have anybody that would mentor me or share that with me. They shared a lot of other things. So Finding my voice is also the confidence, believing in myself, believing in my authentic self, not being a chameleon to whatever it is my audience needs me to be, because then I'm just, I'm fake and I'm not a fake person. And so sometimes that means that I have to step up and say, I disagree with something, but that's also goes back to the why of being able to articulate your thoughts, but you also have to be. I think humble enough to admit that you're wrong. My husband will tell you that that's a monumental occasion, but, um, you know, maybe I save all those for my personal life, but professionally, I think it's super important, um, to be able to share that. And your voice is something that evolves and, um, you have to find that confidence as you continue to progress in your career and in your personal life. And for me, it was a big reason why I've had the success I have. I was just going to ask, how, how do you balance finding your authentic self to being indoctrinated in one of the most, one of the hardest playbooks and a mindset and a process? You know, how, how do you keep authentic 
when so much is demanded that perhaps goes against the grain, potentially? I think the playbook for me is guardrails. What a foundation. I wish I would have had it when I was my 23-year-old self in my first sales role. Gosh, I would have sold a lot more deals a lot faster, I think. (laughs) Um, You know, I had great success, but I think about the sales cycle itself and man, that would have been great. Um, You know, once you master the playbook, and I actually think master is a really tough term because we're always learning. Our industries are constantly evolving. The economy is constantly evolving, which means our personas that we're selling to are constantly evolving. But it is a guardrail. But being your authentic self, I believe our clients can see it when you are being a quote unquote robot. And when you're actually selling to them and understanding what they're trying to accomplish and trying to find some way to relate to them as an individual, because if I relate to them as an individual or as a team, I'm going to have a better chance in my opinion of helping get that internal advocacy, building those champions to where we can actually align on what we're trying to accomplish on whatever project we're working on. So I think, you know, the playbook for me was probably the biggest gift that I've been given in my career. And I I say that wholeheartedly. However, it was one of the hardest things to master, especially for me having 15 ish years in my career before I learned it, (laughs) I had to, I had to get rid of a lot of bad habits, but it's also allowed me to share with my peers in my previous companies of, Hey, have you tried this? Or, Oh my gosh, I saw this. And it aligns to some of the challenger stuff we've been working on or spin or, different methodologies, they actually all collaborate really well together. And it allows you to continue to share those best practices with your network, which is awesome for me. You touched on a subject and, and, and it's one which is quite dear to my heart, which is, I suppose, the point of being at one with or an acceptance of imposter syndrome, right? And, and that feeling, obviously, we've had people like David Chieria on the podcast, the CEO of MongoDB. And he explains that, you know, he has that on a frequent basis. But did you find that a lot in your early part of your career? And do you still find that now? Yes, I do. It's different now. I think early in my career, oh, I found it so many times and it was for different reasons. And I think that's where I really leaned on my leaders and also my mentors of just, you have to have an outlet. And I encourage anybody who doesn't have a mentor that they trust. And it cannot be your best friend or your direct leader that you work for, it has to be somebody that has an objective point of view. Um, they can be a very close friend, but they have to be able to give you that tough love. I think for me, that's what helped me um, reinforce my what I was trying to accomplish. I think as I progressed further in my career, probably my biggest imposter syndrome moment was when I went to AppDynamics. Changed careers, changed industries. I was still leading. I actually went from second line leader to first line leader what the heck did I just get myself into? And I realized that I was making an impact very quickly. And it was actually a self of a moment of selfish or reassurance, I guess. Um, coming to audit board, I'm the type of leader that I joke and anybody who has worked for me or heard from me at audit board knows I didn't know my title at audit board until I got my offer letter. I was so excited to run to the challenge. Honestly, Tom Schmidt did have, he is very persuasive. Um, and I know he's going to hear this, so I'm sure I'll get a lot of grief for it, but, but it, it was, it was us talking about this big conundrum that we were solving for at Audubord, And I could not wait to get there to see how I could help. But what I forget about, um, on the imposter syndrome is a lot of people look up to me now. 
they want to know how I navigated that, especially um, females at Audit Board that are trying to find their voice. We talked about that recently at one of our women network groups. That probably for me is where I come home at night and I talk to my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're asking me these questions. He's like, yeah, but you do this. That's probably for me just, it's very flattering. It's a privilege to be able to share my story. And if it helps just one person navigate their story, very fulfilling. Yeah. Dave spoke about it a lot in the, in the sense that he really believes it's what's helped him get to where he's got to, because without that ability to always be looking to better himself and not necessarily prove himself wrong, but to, you know, consistently and continuously learn because of that, that drive, you know, that he, he puts a lot of his success and, you know, where he is today down to that. So I think it's a, it's a really important thing to at least come to terms with and be at one with and accept because I think it's a, it's a really important one. Yeah. I think also it allows you to truly be proud of yourself. And that's, um, for some like myself, I don't really like to talk about myself, happy to talk about my experiences, but it's usually about what my team did or, but I look back on that and you know, it's, it's pretty enlightening. And a lot of it is a repeatable motion that people can borrow from. And I hope that they do. Um, I'm, I don't realize I'm borrowing it from some of my mentors, which is great. We're all carving a path. Um, and it's happening organically, even better. Amazing. Uh, so I know that a lot of our, um, our listeners could, uh, are likely to be entering this space or coming into this space. And I know that you've obviously got quite a lot of experience or, you know, under trying to really help the next generation come through, but, what, what advice would you give to that, to, to those, to that new generation that perhaps want things a lot quicker? They want to really accelerate and get really ahead. What advice would you give them based on, you know, what we've been talking about? I think, so this might be something that differs from some of my peers that are doing this, but um, probably not actually. Don't do politics. Ah, that makes me so, and what I mean by that, let me articulate that. Don't just put time on a leader's calendar just to show them your bright and shiny face and tell them how excited you are to take the role. Um, that's not authentic. That's not real. What I would encourage you to do is have criteria that you want to accomplish in your current role that's applicable for future roles. And I wouldn't sell yourself short. Uh, I'll give an example of Audit Board and actually why I did what I did at Audit Board for Map Dynamics. We had our sales organizations both have a BDR organization. And then we can branch out to account executives. You can go into a renewals team. You can actually, the sky's the limit. And we were really working on that career trajectory, how to get those individuals from their first role at the respective company into the next roles. And one of my most favorite things to do with the BDRs was actually to spend time with them, call, observe when they didn't know it, Um, you know, observe from afar, which you can still do in a remote environment. It's amazing what you can learn about individuals when they're in their element. Um, and I think for that, it's realizing that you can't learn everything in three months. You just can't. In sales, it's about being consistent. It's not about just winning and taking on the next role. And so I think, you know, for me, as I'm mentoring our um, audit board folks, I'm very proud to report since we started this project last April, Tom and I did, um, with the help of a lot of my peers. It's definitely not a me. Um, we have already promoted six BDRs into other roles within the organization. And we haven't even hit the year mark. And I think it's because 
you set goals, you set attainable goals that you can control, like we talked about in your current role, and then you set things that you can control individually for your future. And it's, I wouldn't tell you to look at a role, focus on your aspirations. What do you want to be doing in two or three years? Because if you're really excited about the work that you're doing, the title's going to come. It's really about the work. I just want to go into challenges because I think this topic that we've been talking about is obviously, you know, it really helps with a lot of things. But like most people, Lauren, you've obviously faced some challenges in your career. And how do you think the topic that we're talking about has really helped you overcome some of those battles? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think my personal life has had a huge impact on my professional life. um, And I'm happy to share. So uh, I am on my forever husband. I was married before. um, And I joke that he was my practice husband, have a lot of respect for him. It's just we didn't work out. Anybody who knows me knows that I say that. Um, So I, when I was at Intuit, um, gosh, anybody from Intuit will say that I had three last names. I had a married name, a maiden name, and then my forever name. Um, and on top of that, I also realized through that progress that, um, I, unfortunately I, we can't have children. And so that is a very personal statement. But for me, that had a pivotal moment in my career. First of all, my divorce, that's where I found my voice. That's where I was like, all right, I'm taking control of this. I'm going to carve my own path. I'm going to get this done and I'm going to be successful. Not that I wasn't before, but I, I didn't need anybody little miss independent, which everybody will tell you that's, it was quite a moment. Um, so that's where I really found a way through a lot of personal reflection, candidly counseling, um, and other things to find how to find my voice and how to trust myself to go and just take on the next project, believe that I could do it. Also ask for help. I think the other part of that is, um, realizing that for me back then I had a path. I knew exactly what I was going to do when I grew up. I knew what my career was going to be. I was going to be married. I was going to have two kids, you know, all the things who knows, maybe I would have had the white picket fence that everybody jokes about too. And it just didn't happen for me. It just wasn't in my cards. My path went a different way, but wow, look at what I've accomplished since then. I've had multiple leader roles. I've been able to join amazing companies I formed amazing relationships at Intuit that I still have today. I still talk to all of my colleagues there. And I think a lot of that wouldn't have happened had I not just leaned into the opportunity that was literally smack dab in my face. But what that meant, Simon, is I had to sit down and realize what was important to me. And I had to prioritize that. And the first thing I did is I prioritized me. And once I was good with me, then I was able to prioritize my work which then turned into my forever husband, who's amazing. And, you know, the rest is just kind of working itself out. It's such an, it's such a, a big st- subject. And one of the questions I had, did it come, did, did the realization of being able to channel yourself into work, did it happen quickly after finding that out? Or was it something that gradually happened I think the finding my voice piece happened quickly after my divorce. Um, after I took a minute to figure out what the heck was going on. And I think anybody who's gone through, it's not even divorce. Anytime you've been in a long-term relationship with a significant other, your world kind of gets turned upside down, whether you're the person that wanted to break up or not, like your world just changes, right? We all have our normal and then we have our new normal. So for me, um, I think that's where I found my voice and I, I had to really channel my confidence and figure that out. So that was probably 
about a six month transition. The child thing happened after I remarried and that is probably where I really leaned in more on the mentorship part and channel. I'm a pretty nurturing person. Um, my team will tell you your family and your health come first work is a distant third. Like I want you to love your job, but at the end of the day, you still have to go home to, you know, whatever's going on at home. And if you're not healthy, then you, you're not going to be productive in either one of those. And I, I stick to that. Like no questions asked. We figure it out. We find a way to find a way. But I think the mentorship and making myself available for anybody who wants to talk about whatever's on their mind, one, I thrive off of it. It it actually fills my cup probably more than the individual I'm talking to. So that's a selfish statement, but it's something that I truly am passionate about. And two, the biggest compliment that I get is when I see either one of my current or previous employees or somebody that I'm mentoring take a promotion or go after a job that they didn't think they could do. And we were able to navigate why they want to do it, what their criteria is, what are their no goes. And they navigate the conversation that way because they now have all their tools and they're clear headed guys. That's like the coolest thing ever. And a lot of them, especially when they're early in their career, they, no one's ever done that for them. And I remember when I was going to app dynamics, I have a very, very close friend and she sat me down. She's like, you got to do all the pros and the cons. And if it doesn't fit, you walk away, no matter what the comp package is, you walk away and you know, it all worked out, but it also gave me the tools of what I needed to talk to Abdi about what, what was my criteria and what was important to me, especially after being at Intuit for 10 years, you know, we all interview to make sure we stay sharp, but you forget how to negotiate all that stuff and what's important to you. So yeah, it took a minute and I try to pay that forward. Do you think it requires a cataclysmic event in order to really find your voice or do you think you can kind of, no, no, absolutely not. I think for me, I share it. And part of the reason I share it is because I think it's a lot more common these days than usual. And a lot of people, including myself, are very private about when they're going through um, events like that. And so I'm, I wasn't then I'm much more um, proactive about sharing my story now because hopefully this helps somebody else figure it out. But no, I think, no, I think an event could be, I lost a deal yesterday and I'm going to figure out how the hell I figure it out the next time. And that's real. I mean, we're invested in these deals. Some of these sales cycles go long, whatever it is, find a way to channel the negative into a positive And what do you need to do to make that happen? In terms of kind of try these, you know, really, if we were to kind of just summarize on some of the key things that our listeners or viewers should, should really implement having heard you today, Lauren, what would those kind of main things be? I think number one, you have to believe in yourself. You have to be authentic and know you because if you don't know you, you're not going to be able to be successful in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And I think just like we learned with the playbook, you got to ask why, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And <laughs> ironically, it applies in your personal life as much as it does in your professional life, including in your career navigation, um, not just trying to understand the pain of a client. Um, so I think that that's it. And I also think uh, find a mentor. I think that's super important. Um, someone that can hold you accountable, that can challenge you. And somebody that can help maybe pull you out of the weeds when you're a little too far deep um, so that you can maybe see the bigger picture. A lot of times we're looking at the 10,000 foot level and we should probably be looking at the 50,000 foot level 
um, if we're going to strategically think about what we want to go accomplish. Incredible. First of all, I just want to say a big thank you. Um, you know, you really shared so honestly and authentically with us. But if we were to reflect on the things that we've heard, you've kind of mentioned a few things that really strong, strong accord. You, you mentioned about find your why, find your why, but at the same time, it is about also finding that belief in yourself. It's one thing finding why you're doing it, and and obviously they are completely intertwined. But one really helps the other. I think you can't really achieve the belief unless you understand why and why, unless you've got the belief. So I think really trying to marry those two together, I think it, it can have a transformation. And we can see the transformation it's had on you. And hopefully this really resonates with many of our, our listeners and our viewers, and they really take take from that. So thank you so much. Really inspirational and uh, just a fantastic session today. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Thank you. It was a privilege. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren. Really do appreciate it. I think the personal experiences just, yeah, just emphasize the type of person you are and just, you know, anybody listening to this, go work for Lauren. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> We're hiring. Just kidding. Not really. Uh, <laughs> a big thank you to all of our listeners and thank you ever so much for joining us today, Lauren. Please do everyone like, share and subscribe. Really important that we start to, to share this tribal wisdom from within the playbook community out to the network um, and we really appreciate anybody that has any comments to obviously comment below but thanks ever so much for listening and we look forward to hearing from you soon have you enjoyed the session today be sure to let us know how you got on with the tips and please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content are you on the mission the 2020 Mastery Mission is brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out somuchsoap.com for more information.